reason I can claim that is after studying the story that I'm going to share with you today, I know that we serve a great God who continues to prove that all things are possible. When, pa- when Pastor Thomas asked me to share a message on one of the great stories of the Old Testament, it was quickly put on my heart what story I was to share. It was going to be from the book of Joshua, and it was going to speak on the walls of Jericho and how those walls came down. What did not come quickly to my heart, what did not come quickly to my mind, is exactly what I was going to share with you. How was I going to take an event that happened thousands of years ago and bring it to relevance in our lives today? But as we know, as we should know, we serve a God that is an eternal God that was the same yesterday as he is today and will be tomorrow. Last week, while Matt was preaching, he spoke about God speaking to us and wanting to say something to us. I was sitting in my chair and I was in disbelief because it was totally echoing what God was saying to me in preparation of this message. And I too agree that our God is speaking to us and he wants us to listen to him. Today's prayer for the people was another reinforcement of that. Had I not known better, I would have thought that I had talked to her prior to this message and gave her some input on what I'd be speaking about today. But that was not the case. That again shows you how God can work behind the scenes and put things together that we could only imagine. You know, there's many promises that we will find in the Bible. Promises that God gives to his children, to those that believe in him, to those who call on his son and trust in him. And God doesn't even need to say, hey, I promise this. Because his yes is his yes and his no is his no. And his promises are there for us to receive. So with that being said, I can't help but to think that when I gave my life to Jesus and totally trusted in him, and the same for anybody else here, that the Holy Spirit came to make a home within me. I would now become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And there are fruits that are promised to us of the Holy Spirit, seven of them, and two are what I will speak about today. And that is peace and joy. He promises us throughout here that even through trials and challenges and things, his peace he gives us. We need to receive that and to take joy in trials. These are promises that he's giving. So why is it for a guy that reads the Bible, that prays, that prays with his wife, countless times I find myself lacking the peace in my life that he promises, the joy that he promises. This past week was a prime example of this kind of shakeup that can happen in my life and I can quickly forfeit my peace and forfeit my joy. It can't be taken. I can only put obstacles up and prevent them from being received. It was a week ago today that Julia and I 
had an issue with one of our children. Many of you know that we have five children. We have Perry, Nathan, Alexandra, Alyssa, and Elizabeth. Many of you don't know that we actually have a sixth child. And of these children, he is the most stubborn, strong-willed, committed, loving, consistent child that we have. Can you please show a slide? This... Now, now you laugh. But for any other dog owners out there, okay, this is our sixth child, our youngest, Shorty Hughes. Shorty is a 105-pound pit bull that is nothing but a lap dog, lovable part of our family that we've grown to accept as part of the family. And for anybody that is a pet owner out there, they can understand where I'm coming from with that. Well, unfortunately, as you can see, though they're very cute, he has floppy ears that are susceptible to infection. And his ears were bothering him, and after it getting worse and it looked like it was swelling up significantly, we decided, hey, we need to take him into the veterinarian to be checked out. And I knew that this was going to be an expensive endeavor. If any of you have taken your dogs to the vet, you know it's never typically an in and out. There's something else. They're going to sell you this and sell you that, and the guilt starts riding you, and you, oh, I, I got to go with that test and this test. So I had a dollar amount in mind, and I was willing to accept that. We went to the vet, got checked out, two double ear infections, and a a blood clot essentially in his ear, needed tags removed, needed teeth cleaning, would have to do this, and he's got near anemia and some blood issues, and doesn't that bill triple from what I thought? Triple. Now, it's important for you to understand that I have a history of keeping money in the proper perspective, that money is a tool that our Father has given us to use for His purposes. That money is not to be provided as our security, okay? It is not there, uh, you know, to provide joy and happiness. It's to provide the necessities and all those other things come from within. However, at that moment, I forgot that fact. And Julia knew I forgot that fact. All of a sudden, the pouting Brian showed up. I had, I just retired. I had plans. I had plans to travel. I had plans to make these repairs on the home. And oh, by the way, two weeks ago, we found out Julia needs four new tires. And Perry's got to fly home. And that costs money. And this costs money. And I said, babe, um, Shorty's just going to lose his ears. <laughs> okay. Now, I didn't mean it. Okay. All right. Don't call, you know, the PETA or whoever they are out there. Okay. That was what was in my heart. I was shaken up. My peace was not there. The joy that, that we should have in life was not there. And I was pouting and I was brewing. And Julia was very wise and very quiet. We got home. I sat on the couch, just shaking my head. And I was angry, frustrated. The thought of one ear going bad, the other one's going to go bad. This is going to be repeating. It's going to be money after money after money. All these things going through my head, taking away my joy. 
Now let's freeze right there. Brian on the couch, pouting, angry, no peace, no joy. And let's turn to the text of the great story of the Old Testament that I'm going to share with you today and how this scenario relates to this story. If you have your Bibles, in Joshua, the first chapter, I'll be going through verse 1 through 9, known as God's commission to Joshua. Just look up when uh, you found your spot. You can see it's on the screen if you do not have your Bibles with you. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now I want you to think and put yourself in the place of Joshua, because our Heavenly Father is not only speaking to Joshua, he's speaking to each one of us. These words are put down for our benefit, to teach us along the way. Forty years prior, Joshua and some of his buddies went on a recon mission. They went to go check out an area that was promised to them by God that would be theirs. And when they came back, it was Caleb and Joshua that said, hey, I'm paraphrasing here, but God said this is our land. We can take this land, and we don't care that they say there's giants in there. This is a good land, and it's our land. However, courage was not there for the others. They had fear that was within them. Said, no, we can't take it, and they started spreading lies. So just imagine they don't get this spot that Joshua knew they could take, and now Joshua and Caleb were going to have to wander for 40 years with the rest of those that said we couldn't take it. I can only imagine sometimes while he's wandering saying, give me another shot. Give me another shot. I know it was ours. I know we had it. As he's seeing these buddies that he went on this recon mission falling to the left and right with them. Because of their lack of courage, because of their lack of strength, those that were over the age of 20 
other than Caleb and Joshua would not see the promised land. And this was that other shot that he'd been hoping for. Now we're going to fast forward. I encourage you, while you're at home this week, read read chapters 1 through 6 to recount the full story of the taking of Jericho. And as those pages come alive and you see how God operates in Joshua's life, you will see how he operates in yours. Joshua 6.20, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout. The wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. God promised Joshua what would happen, and it happened. What I'm going to share with you now is the formula that Joshua teaches us in those days that led up to the taking of Jericho. After after receiving the commission from God, clearly he heard him, and he was going to show that not only do I hear you, Father, I'm going to listen to you. Because the very next verse after verse 9 is, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people. God spoke to him. He took action. Go to the third chapter in verse 7 through 9. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that he is God. Again, he heard, he listened, he took action. Fourth chapter. Uh, fifth chapter, starting with verse 2 through 3. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Guess what Joshua did? He listened. He took action. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. Chapter 5. Verse 13 through 15. It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army, the Lord I have, the Lord I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped. And said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. There's a bit of debate on who the commander of the Lord of the army is. But as I did research, and I read this and it speaks to me, he did not recognize who this was. From a distance. Physically, he didn't recognize. But as soon 
as the commander of the army spoke to him, he fell to his face. He recognized the voice and worshiped. And also, just like Moses at the burning bush, what did the burning bush say? Take your sandal off your foot, for where you stand is holy ground. See, along the way, Joshua developed such a relationship with the Lord that he recognized his voice. He knew his voice. Last week when Matt talked about Jordan asking the question, how do we know when God's speaking to us? Sometimes it is that still voice, like Joshua's experience in here. Other times, it's through his word that he'll speak clearly to us. And other times I have noticed that it's from others that will reiterate what we believe we may have heard from the Lord above. At the beginning of this commission, God tells Joshua three times. Anywhere in the Bible where something is repeated three times, you better believe that it's very important. And that was to to be strong and of good courage. It's immediately after this that he tells some of his people, hey, this is what we're going to do. And they say, yes, Joshua, we're going to follow you. We're going to follow you just like we did Moses. Hey, but be strong and of good courage. Immediately, people reinforce what our Heavenly Father spoke to him. So, what Joshua has done for us is lead us into a formula a simple formula to help us knock down those walls, those obstacles in our life, just like the walls of Jericho. The very first step in the formula is listen. Listen to God. We're not only going to hear from him, we need to listen to him. And how do we know we're listening to him? It's because we're going to trust in God, and we demonstrate that trust in God by utilizing strength and courage that he'll provide to take the action to follow his commands and his ways for us. Do with God. I'm trusting. I have strength. I have courage. This is what he wants me to do. I do it. Now, There's times in our life that I don't hear from God. I'm asking, speak to me. Speak to me. He's not clearly speaking to me. Listen to God. If you take it out, you just continue to trust in God. Follow his ways. Be in his word and follow his steps. And he will come and he will speak to you. And he will give you what he's promised you. I'm here today to tell you that those walls of Jericho were really no obstacles. They really never were an obstacle. To our human flesh, it would have looked like an obstacle. These were walls that were very high. There were two sets of walls going uphill. I can tell you as an infantryman, if I was told to take that objective and you said, God told me, hey, we're going to have you go around them for seven days, for the first six days just one time, and I want you to go in a certain fashion, but on the seventh day... You're going to go around it seven times and blow the trumpets and do this. Whoa, what? My commanding officers would laugh me out of the brief. But Joshua trusted him. He followed what he was saying. 
Those walls were gone already. He promised him. He didn't know how they were going to come down. Just like he's promised you joy and peace and love. All these things. But we allow these obstacles, the walls that we create, be it bills, finances that start piling up on us, worrying about how we're going to have the money to do this, diagnoses from doctors that give you bad news, problems in relationships, you know, problems with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, all these things that shake up your joy and your peace. It's then that we have to do what I did last Sunday. We fall back to Brian on the couch, pouting, complaining, no joy, no peace. And God said to me, stop your pouting, Brian. You're about to speak to a group of people, a bunch of my people, and tell them the steps to take to capture the joy and peace, and you're not following those steps, Brian. Stop being a baby. You know what you need to do. I heard him. I listened to him. Julia, please join me on the couch. We need to pray. We need to pray right now. And I cast my anxiety onto him. And I gave my security to the Father, reminding him that I acknowledge that money doesn't provide me security. It doesn't provide me joy. It doesn't provide me peace. You are the one that has the plans for me, Father. My plans mean nothing if you're not in them, if you're not directing them. And you promise me peace, and you promise me joy. And we claim it right now, and we do that in Jesus' name. And Julia will tell you, we looked at each other, we had tears in our eyes because the Holy Spirit showed up. He touched us. He gave us. We received what he promised. It only took us listening to him and following what he tells us to do. Now, my question to you is, which people do you want to be? I've thought about this question. Do you want to be like the children of Israel that had fear in their hearts and allowed the ways of the world to prevent them from claiming the promises of God and then walked through the wilderness until the day they died without ever receiving what was promised to them? Or do we want to be the people like Joshua and those that he led, those that will have trust in our Heavenly Father, the promises that he gave to be still and hear him speak to us, listen to him, trust in him, and do with him? I don't know about you, but I'm going to choose to be the latter. Let us pray.